We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, it is instant reaction post-game live stream time. And Sarah, I don't know about you, but I just heard the great Troy Aikman essentially say that that was the greatest preseason game he's ever been a part of. And that was before his producer at ESPN got in his ear and reminded him that, hey, Troy, this is the only preseason game you've ever been a part of. So that is where we'll open things up. How about that? The Ravens. All-time win streak is no longer. It ends at 24 straight in the preseason. They lose to the Commanders in the final seconds, 29-28 to 28 down in Landover, Maryland. That's thanks to a Joey Sly 49-yard field goal. So, contrary to popular belief, I thought that uh, the Commanders fan base, the Commanders players, personnel, and everybody didn't really care. And what I saw terms of the on the field product strategy two-point conversion tries um throwing it all out on the line at any given time any given play I, I thought they didn't care well first of all I'm not in the habit of ranking preseason games so I don't know how I would rank it but this was fun this was a fun watch fun if we have to if we have to stay up till you know 11 30 on a Monday night going you know getting back to work tomorrow um it's it's good to be entertained. Now, in terms of not caring, this is hilarious because there are a a big portion of Ravens fans that wanted the streak to end because national media and opponents would make such a big deal out of it. So I I really didn't care for the longest time, but it did get become entertaining to see how upset people would get when when you know opponents and stuff like that. Um so so that was fun. Now, here's the thing. It, they really are meaningless except for the... Yeah, see? It was a blast. For those that are audio, we got a, a tweet up here. Warren Sharp, me watching the final seconds of the preseason game. He's got... what? Which movie is that from, Bobby? I have no idea. It looks like <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, who I just don't watch enough movies to know, but you know, where he's like got the wide eyes looking at his cell phone, smoking a cigarette, like he's, you know, insane, you know? So that's what it was. It was fun to watch that game, but you know, um, was it Sam, Sam Cosme, Cosme, 
over at, at, at the commanders, we played it in our last episode. He like seemed angry, angry about it saying who cares about, you know, a preseason game. And that's, it's true, but it's not true. It's very much true that it means nothing in terms of the regular season, but it means a lot to the third and fourth stringers, the second stringers. And you can see that from the commanders on the sideline, like the way they erupted with just jubilation and joy those are big moments for them when when they kick the game-winning field goal. So it matters to all these guys that are trying to like either make memories for their lives or try to catch on to, to, to teams. So to them, it all matters, which is why it's kind of, you know, caused me downplaying it and being angry about it. It's clear that people care. That people care, just it has no effect on the regular season. Let's make sure that we we hold right guard for the commander, Sam Cosme, who, who you've referenced a couple times now, accountable before we go further and get into some takeaways, analysis, you name it, stock up, stock down. Because you referenced, and we already talked about it on the vault earlier this week, some, some comments that he made from a couple days ago about the preseason win streak, almost seemingly irked by the question, irked by the streak. And then on the set, on the other side of this video, we'll show you what he was seen doing in game. I think it's a stupid record. I mean, who gives a shit about preseason games? Came it's first and he'll stand. It's on the board. It's on the board. So <laughs> again, you put them for... together like that. Good for you. <laughs> oh, of course I did. Mid game, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, we we got to at least make sure that this guy is held accountable here. So. You had them during you know, the media scrum there, courtesy of NBC Washington, telling how he really feels about the streak. And then he was the gritty master in game after they scored their touchdown before the half. So anyway, I had to have a little bit of fun there. Look, you know what this is really about and hopefully what this this stream ends up being about is the guys that are trying to make the back end of these these 53 man rosters league wide, you know, and so I, I know I kind of ruffled some feathers on on Twitter earlier today and it was going back and forth with some folks about you know what it means what it doesn't mean I think you and I were in agreement earlier in the week about the way that that some of this has been skewed when it comes to how the national media have covered the streak and that's what I think has led to some of these reactions like Sam Cosby's almost as if he has animosity towards it so what I really want to talk about is guys like Ardarius Washington, guys like Keaton Mitchell, who are scratching and clawing for, for a spot on the 53-man roster. And we're clearly doing everything in their power to, to put on a show tonight. And my gosh, Ardarius did exactly that. So we should probably begin with, with the man himself, and that is Zay Flowers, who got a series of work. And then we'll kind of work our way into the stream here. Sarah, what was your let, let's first take a look at, at one of the highlights of the night, and, and that is Zay doing something to Emmanuel Forbes, a fellow rookie. Johnson, quick throw, passes caught. There he is. Zay Flowers has got another Ravens first down, gets 11. A missed tackle by fellow rookie Emmanuel Forbes Jr., and a gain of. 11. Well, you see the matchup. You got rookie on rookie, Emmanuel Forbes there for the commanders, and that could be a pretty good matchup because as much speed as Flowers has, Forbes really kind of sat on that a little bit. And Flowers, as he has shown, he can really get up on defender. So just in terms of uh, housekeeping here, 
I would show the touchdown, but honestly, we got to be careful with, with copyright violations within YouTube. So we can't show that for you, but just know it was dirty. It was a 26 yard touchdown pass from Josh Johnson to Zay Flowers, started the game out hot. And, and Sarah, as we saw last week in the first preseason game, Zay only got a series or two, a series this time, a couple series, if I'm not mistaken, during that Philadelphia game, but that's all he needed to show that he belongs. And I think there's a lot of folks within the fan base that are all all set. We can see him September 10th. <laughs> Every time I see Zay Flowers play, he is exactly as advertised. And what's crazy about that is the advertisements are off the charts. <laughs> like it's it's hype, 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 hype. And then every time you see him, he lives up, up, up to it. And so, you know, last week against the Eagles, we saw that, you know, he was drawing these defensive penalties, holding um, pass interference, whatnot. In this one, the commanders had a little bit of, you know, um, they had a, they've, they've had practice against Zay, right? And so they didn't draw the penalties, but they still couldn't stop them. So it was number 16 pick against the number 22 pick with the, the, the Emmanuel Forbes and, and Zay Flowers. And here's, here's what it is that's, that's we saw tonight that's as advertised is in the clip you just showed. He probably caught about, what, a five-yard pass and then created another six yards of yak. And he does it by juking Forbes. Then on his touchdown, which we cannot show, that was like, again, I mean, he was wide open. I think they had a busted coverage for sure. So it certainly helps that he's already speedy. Uh, so it doesn't help that you like have a busted coverage and he's, and he's wide open. But he got the ball. This was like a 26-yard touchdown catch. But he got the ball when he still had to go 22 yards. And so he did get a head start. But in that one, he juked a defender again and then dives into the end zone. I mean, it's exactly what we've heard is that he gets open on his own. And then once he catches the ball, he makes people miss and he gets yards after the catch. That is music to somebody like Lamar Jackson's ears where it's like, wait, are you telling me all I have to do is throw a five-yard pass, complete that, and he's going to take it? you know, for 22 more yards. And then that's a touchdown. Like he's had to play Superman for so long. It's like, sweet. Now he can have other Superman on the team. And then we catch this going out of the first quarter. We've got up on the screen, a, a screen grab from the ESPN telecast where um, John Harbaugh is hugging, embracing Zay Flowers. And I put it up on X and uh, my, you know, I say, give him a hug from all of us coach. Cause that's what he is. He just, is so likable because of his play and his personality. And I think that's just a hug from all of Baltimore. He is as advertised. Here's John Harbaugh post game just a short while ago here as we are, are live streaming on his rookie Zay Flowers. It was great to see it. I mean, just to see that and he, the way he played and uh, uh, just, you know, the offense and the, uh, you know, just creating plays like that, you know, great. And we did in the run game as well. And then how about a guy like Volkolek, you know, going out there and, catching those passes and scoring a touchdown. Charlie Kolar stepping up and making the catches. Both quarterbacks played outstanding. Yeah, we'll get to some of those individual performances as well in just a bit because uh, Vokalek is a dude. I, I think a lot of us can agree on that coming off this preseason performance. And again, you don't want to make any rash decisions or um, you know conclusions because these guys are playing uh, against, you know, in some cases, second, third, fourth stringers. But uh Let's just begin with some good news along the injury front because I just saw 
some tweets come down the timeline in terms of updates. There were several, I, I wouldn't say like, you know, big significant injuries, but just guys that got banged up. And the good news is, is that there was nothing catastrophic coming out of this second preseason game. That includes Keaton Mitchell, the undrafted rookie running back who had to be uh, had walked off with a trainer at one point. He actually had his left shoulder in a string, uh, um, a sling. I'm sorry, a sling. Oh, a sling. It, it's, it's getting late here. We've been up. We've been up forever. It's been a long day. Um, he, he walked out with a, his left shoulder in a sling. He's good to go. Our Darius Washington, who you saw walk off on his own power, just got the wind knocked out of him there in the game's final seconds. That dude is making a case for himself. He's been flying all over the field. Uh, he's a former undrafted rookie, so I think a lot, you know, a lot within this fan base, based on what I saw on Twitter, really think that he deserves a shot. So uh, Dante Demas, he was down on the field, undrafted rookie wide receiver. But again, uh, including Caillou Kelly, th those are all kind of guys that that were banged up. But Harbs confirmed that uh, everybody walked away unscathed for the most part. Yeah, that is really good news. I mean, cornerback is the one that you're, the whole reason why our Darius Washington was in there in the first place, which he shouldn't have been at the end there, is because, you know, the cornerbacks were dropping. They were dropping everywhere. I think Caillou Kelly came out. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's good to hear that nothing's serious. Um, but do they have enough to practice with? You never know. A serious, that still means they could maybe kiss, um, miss a couple practices or whatever. But, um yeah, that's that's definitely good news, especially when you've got guy. I mean, Ardarius Washington. Maybe we'll just move into to, to this. I mean, we wanted to talk about some position battles. Maybe this is a good time to move into cornerback. Um, but uh, Ardarius Washington, to me, even when we get Marlon Humphrey back, when we get uh, Rocky Seen back, Ardarius Washington seems to me like he can take that nickel role. He can take that that number three um corner role he you know it's kind of like that that Tavon Young kind of a kind of a role um so yeah I mean he just it just felt like he was all over the field whether he was um having pass breakups and by the way he had that one pass breakup that at the time seemed like could have been a game sealer until um they got the ball back but and when and when he he got the air knocked out of him that was just phenomenal effort on his part a second effort he jumped as high as he could the ball still went over him it looked like a catch and then as they're going down to the ground he still is able to swipe in there and and knock the ball out um he had um some good run run defense uh i think he he missed the one sack but other than that he just played lights out he played lights out and don't forget from for a large portion of this game the commanders had their first team offense out there. So, you know, he's, he, again, this, this still isn't like the Kansas city chiefs or anything like that. Um, but, but he's certainly worthy to not just be in that conversation, but maybe lead that conversation for number three. No, I think that's a great point. We should also give Kevon Seymour some due for, for just an unbelievable play on a deep pass uh, from Sam Howell, who, by the way, I think, you know, deservingly so, a lot of the, the Washington media as we speak right now probably are giving their props to Sam Howell, who who's, was recently named the starting quarterback for Ron Rivera's team. Young guy, played at North Carolina. Uh, I, think, I think the commanders could su surprise some people uh, this season. So I, I thought he looked good at times. But anyway, Kevon Seymour. I don't know if Roquan and, and PQ are in there and uh, 
some of those other guys like Matabike and yeah, I don't know, but I, I mean, good night for him. But again, first team versus second team. Exactly. We could say this all night yeah. long. You, you make yeah, one yeah. compliment and then you want to backtrack, right? You, yeah, you make yeah, one yeah. overreaction and you want to backtrack. So I guess that's just the, the price we pay during preseason football, but uh, still got to give Kevon a little bit of love because Sam Howell mm -hmm. took a shot on him and Kevon was just, just there the entire way. And at the very last second turns his head around and makes a great play on the ball. So, yeah, but I think he, you know, defensively speaking, I thought that he and our Darius, you know, best plays of the night, just in terms of like sheer athleticism and timing and a little bit of luck maybe sprinkled in there as well on Washington's play there in the final minute. But uh, just again, you know, guys playing with a lot of pride and, you know, as much as we joke and I've, I've done a lot of this, you know, joked about the the win streak and the way the national media has, has, has sort of covered it. But at the end of the day, I, I know that this is, this, this is meaningful for these guys and hopefully both of those two players you know, made a case for themselves over the last couple of weeks, especially given, you know, the depth concerns in, in that position group. So I 100% agree that, you know, Kevon Seymour and Ardarius Washington had good games. Uh, Caillou Kelly, I mean, he, he had one really bad drive right before the end of the half, and then he came back and had, again, what looked like to be a game-saving play on that two-point conversion. So good for him as a rookie to bounce back and not not let that get down on him, and that's a confidence booster. So... Uh, all of that. That being said, what what makes me nervous is if you are having to rely on a Kevon Seymour while Marlon Humphrey's out, it's it's it feels scary to me. Like I feel like you know I have pointed out that it's obviously the the first team against the second team, but Kevon Seymour might not be the second team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. With the way yeah. with the way the injuries are going at cornerback, and so. It it just makes it makes me it makes me nervous. So I'd like to see these guys coming back sooner than later. Marlon Humphrey heal up soon, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Quick little note, uh, just in terms of of quarterback play, we we covered going into tonight that both Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown were each going to get a half. Josh got the first half. Anthony got the second half. JJ finished 10 of 12, 145 yards, two touchdowns, that interception that we'll get to in just a bit, because unfortunately at the uh, involved, I don't want to say at the epicenter of it, but James Prochet was involved, which certainly doesn't help him. The ball continues to not bounce his way this preseason, this off season uh, entering his year. But uh, um, so, so Josh, you know, point moral of the story here is that Josh had a, a much better outing than he did against the Eagles and then Anthony Brown goes six of 10 40 yards two touchdowns and interception passer ratings for JJ 121.9 AB was 68.8 so uh, that's that let's talk about some of the targets I mean you know we, we mentioned you just heard him mentioned there a second ago by Harbs Travis Vokalek is an undrafted rookie tight end and would you know it I mean I know <laughs> Q's probably not out here thinking that there's potentially a uh, tight end room competition, uh, you know, because they, they actually spent draft compensation on on Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State. But Vokalek looked like he could make a case for perhaps maybe not necessarily making it through waiver claims because that guy, he looked pretty good tonight. He looked really good tonight. And and to be fair to Charlie Kohler, Kohler had a nice, a nice catch too. I, f I feel like 
he might, he was kind of one of the standouts in the first half. I'd like to see Vokalek play against uh, sooner, but I don't think he's gonna. I think these Kohler is still gonna keep getting those snaps because they're gonna try to develop him. But I'd like to see what Vokalek Vokalek looks like um, against some you know second stringers or or whatnot. So, but he seemed to me to be for Anthony Brown almost what kind of Mark Andrews is to Lamar Jackson, which was this kind of safety valve. And um, somebody that you could depend on. I mean, that second touchdown he had was sick. I mean, there were three Washington commanders covering him. And he still got it. His first one, that long touchdown, he takes a couple hits and he still is able to dive into the tu- into the end zone. Um, I, I, you know, there's probably not much of... He's making things interesting. I, I think it's interesting that Harbaugh called them out. Um, cause I, yeah. I don't know. You'd think that he'd be trying to hide him maybe. Um, but he gave, he, I mean, he deserved the props for sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think that there's a world where they, where they, you know, take Vokalik over Kolar. I had a lot of people, I, and I said that on, on X Twitter and, um, some people, you know, was like, well, what about over Ricard? You know, could, could he, could he stay in over Ricard? I, I just don't know if that's going to happen either. Um, I would be a little bit impact, you know? Yeah, they, they definitely have. And, and I don't know what his dead money would be if they cut him, cut him at this point or if it would be worth it or whatever. Um, but they have, they have a lot of other tight ends who are doing what Vokalik is doing. It's just, just insane. It's just insane how in some positions you have an embarrassment of riches. And then in other positions like cornerback, you're, you're hanging by a string. You just wish that you, you could spread out the love. I love seeing my guy Project Pro Bowl Pat uh, being talked about on the broadcast by Troy and and Joe Buck, and you know they're essentially saying, you know, what what's his role going to be this year? And then he goes and catches a pass. You know, it was <laughs> it was just like perfect timing. But yeah, it's fair yeah. questions, right? We don't know what his role is going to be, and and based on his most recent media conference, maybe he doesn't either. You know, he's essentially said like. I pride myself in versatility. I pride myself in always being willing to expand my role. And as somebody who came in essentially as a D lineman and now plays fullback and was lining up as offensive lineman and drills not not too long ago at training camp, uh, yeah, he, he's he, he's the quintessential like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help mm-hmm. this team win and obviously stay on the field if possible. Let's talk about James Prochet. Unfortunately for James, he was uh, again involved in a play that did not go his or the Ravens' way. Here's Josh Johnson's interception. Johnson backpedaling, just floats it. Passes, juggled and intercepted. Back the other way for the Commanders in the arms of Jartavius Martin. And Martin's got room to run. Does anybody want to catch him? Can anybody catch him? And he's out of bounds inside Ravens territory. Okay, so not a perfectly thrown ball there by Josh Johnson, right? It is it is underthrown? It does slip through James's fingertips in a sense. There was coverage there at the end. He beats his man so easily off the line, which was great uh, from a route running standpoint. But uh, Sarah, he he's got to either do one of two things especially when you're fighting for a roster spot one find a way to come down with it Two, ensure it doesn't get intercepted absolutely um yeah i agree with you i I don't think you can solely put that interception on either one of them 
it was equally parts that both their faults. If, if Josh Johnson was able to, you know, and he, he was under pressure for sure. Um, but he's floating that ball forever in the air. So, so Prochet has to come back for it and wait for it. And that lets the defender get in there, but it's, pulling Ardarius Washington. I know he's not a corner, but like get, get that ball out of there. And that's just the thing is it just is like, if it was like, if this was like where Prochet was, was having good plays like Tylen Wallace, right. Where Tylen Wallace again tonight is showing how you fight for a spot and win it where, you know, not only does he catch for the second week in a row of a back shoulder touchdown, but leading into it tonight, he was able to draw a penalty that even put them in position. And even when he was like being mauled by the defender, he still almost caught it, you know? And, and so like, if, if Prochet had a couple of plays like Tylen Wallace, then you would look at something like this and be like, ah, you know, bad, bad throw. Couldn't quite, you know, play defense or whatever. And you kind of like write it off, but it, it just, Time and time and time again, high leverage negative plays happen around James Prochet, whether, you know, it's an interception uh, this evening or whether, you know, he fumbles or throws, a you know, an interception, you know, when he gets a shot, it just is like, it's not working with him. It's not working. And it's just like, it's one thing to maybe like miss a catch here and there, but it's these high leverage negative plays that's hurting the team. And so I wonder, if, you know, unless he's on the practice squad, I, I, I've, I, I'm wondering if next week preseason game number three is his last game in a Ravens uniform. I think that's a fair Fair speculation, and it seems to echo a lot of what the folks are saying in the in the live chat right now. Let's go to who I think we would both probably have as our wide receiver six, if you will, should the Ravens choose to keep that many in the room, and that is Tylen Wallace, who now back-to-back games has a nice little back shoulder touchdown catch that he's logged, including this one tonight. Ball at the seven. Here's a back shoulder throw, and the pass is caught by Wallace for the touchdown. That was a well-timed connection between Josh Johnson and Tylen Wallace. Okay, so back-to-back weeks, very similar types of, of touchdowns and catches there. You see the emotion afterwards, almost as if he knows that his spot's on the line here. Who knows if they end up taking six? Right? Are they going to keep four running backs? Are they going to keep you know six wide receivers? There's a lot of decisions are going to have to be made in, 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 in the next week or so. But Tylen, especially knowing that when you look at some of these other guys that are competing for a potential sixth and final spot, the Laquan Treadwills, the James Prochets, some of the undrafted rookies, Tylen Wallace, he's probably the most standout special teamer among them. And we know that in Harb's eyes, uh, that's a checkbox for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to uh, running back. <laughs> I feel like this is who everybody always wants to talk about is Keaton Mitchell. Um, you know, I, that guy has speed. We've always known he has speed, but when you get to see it time and time again, like we saw tonight, where it's just like there's the the slightest of a hole and he just, oh, he just is through it. He's through it in, in a matter of a, a blink of an eye. Or 
when he has to get outside, he can beat people to the side and then, you know, cut up. It's just, he, he is fantastic. Then they also had him working in various special teams roles. Uh, I believe I saw him as a, uh, obviously a kick return. That's when he hurt his shoulder. Um, and again, John Harbaugh was specific about him. It wasn't serious. Um, whatever that means. And I'm pretty sure we saw him as a gunner. So, you know, it's just when you can do that, when you can do all that, there's no question in my mind that he's ahead of Melvin Gordon in terms of the depth chart. The question is, do they keep four? I think he has made it so that you can't. It's like Harbaugh, I said in the past, like, go out there and make the decision hard for us. Go out there and say, coach, you wanted three running backs. Well, now you can't right? Like make it so that the Ravens coaches can't cut you. And I think that's what Keaton Mitchell is doing. Like for the Ravens to cut him and try to send him through, you know, to the practice squad or sneak, sneak him there. It's not happening. And Keaton Mitchell has done that and put them in a position where I think they almost have to keep four running backs, not counting a fullback. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I'm in agreement. I think just based on what I saw from Melvin Gordon, especially early on, I know he got he got an opportunity to kind of bounce back after that 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 one pitch where he was kind of stuffed. He seemed a little hesitant there in the first half. He ends up finishing with what eight carries for 34 yards. And again, granted, you know, it's not the starting offensive line, right? So the holes and the lanes may not be there as they would be when you got your starting crew out there, but but nonetheless. That's that. Shall we go to RG3's interview with Lamar that was held during pregame? Again, RG3, former Ravens backup quarterback, who's now kind of ascending at ESPN. I would not be surprised if we see him in a prominent football booth, maybe on the national side of things at some point in the near future. For right now, he's doing a lot of studio work, a lot of uh, feature types of things. And, and obviously, when you get a former player talking to a guy he backed up for a couple of years in Baltimore. There, there's good rapport. So RG3 
and number eight. I say this year has been a year of, uh, of newness for you, right? New contract, new weapons to throw to, new offensive coordinator. What's been the biggest difference, you would say, between the ownership Munkins giving you to the system uh, to what you had before? Ownership, you know, just being able to have the keys to the offense, you know, letting me be able to control what I see out there on the field. He letting me know if you see this coverage right here, what should you go to? Like, I see players on, on social media, and then I just tell send them a play like, man, this play look good. You know, of course, like, yeah, I, I kind of like that right there. You know, we died down with him, and he's died down with me, and I'm liking it so far. You've already had Mandrews, right? Mark Andrews, beast. We know that, right? JK, beast. Gus, beast. Bait. We can go on for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no. now you add OBJ, you add flowers, right? Beast. I, I like to say you now have guys that can quote unquote help a brother out. <laughs> right? Those guys can catch a ball, a uh, five yard slant, and take it to distance, you know, get yak after that. And we got a lot of guys that can do that right now, you know, great tackles get the ball down the field, you know, go for 40, 40, 50 yards, you know, help us out. And that's just how they're going to help a brother out right there. Help a brother out indeed. <laughs> that's literally what, I mean, when he said we got guys who can, you know, catch it five yards and then take it to the house, that's literally what Zay Flowers did tonight. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, and I already, I, yeah, I commented on that already, that it's just like for Lamar, how great is it going to be that he can throw a five-yard catch? And then that turns out to be like a, what, 30-yard touchdown, you know, that he gets under his stats. Like, it's going to be nice that he can have that every once in a while. And and he just continues to um, love Todd Munkin. And and I like seeing Todd Munkin. It's, it's fun to see a passing game that's, like, successful. Um, there's a reason why the NFL has pushed this to be a passing league. It's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch Keaton Mitchell, don't get me wrong, beat everybody, you know, to the sideline and, and up the sideline, but it's just fun to watch. And I feel like it's just nice to be able to see some schemes, even with when guys like OBJ and Bateman aren't out there and um, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And I am very excited for Lamar. And let me tell you, Bobby, I think they're going to need to score a lot of points because as I said, I'm nervous about this secondary and come week two against the Bengals, the Ravens offense are going to have to score some points. Yeah. No, I think those concerns are valid for reasons that we've already documented in that same interview, not the same interview, but Lamar actually had an in-game interview with Lisa Salters of ESPN, as did Mark Andrews. And um, one of the things that Lamar has talked about before and he, and he reaffirmed tonight was that OBJ looks like the OBJ of old. And so that was obviously encouraging. These guys continue to sort of build each other up during their national media platform interviews and whatnot and then you see for those of you who are in the audio only space uh, Kevin Ostreicher put a couple photos together here of OBJ and Rashad Bateman when he was at Minnesota we know that he's long looked up and admired Odell and then tonight you know for the first time in like a game setting kind of environment uh, the two guys were in their jerseys because what I think what what I saw tonight from afar was that they treated tonight, the starters did, as if this was a game right day from like a a preparation standpoint, warming up. They were in their jerseys, right? So mm -hmm. I think they're starting to kind of ramp up, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're asked to do that again uh, for the third and final preseason game next weekend in Tampa Bay. But uh, the, the end is near, Sarah, or I should say the beginning really is near. The end of preseason is right on the horizon. But uh, 
but but it felt good to see you know these guys were, were getting ready and and the 10th is right around the corner uh, listen, man, Ravens media puts out a lot of good, you know, photos and videos and all of that. We use it frequently. Uh, always try to give them their credit. I am looking forward to the day. I'm glad that we got the Bateman OBJ photo. I know I've seen an OBJ Zay Flowers photo. I've seen Nelson Aguilar with I need, I need the photo or the video where we've got Zay, OBJ, and Bateman all together. That's what I need. That's what I'm looking forward to do. I just... It's just uh, we have never we haven't seen them on the field together. I cannot I cannot wait till we see that. Yep, hundred percent. So there's some reaction, by the way. We've been live streaming, obviously. So we're we're both doing our best to to refresh things as content comes in and whatnot. But how about this from the Washington Commanders team account after the uh -oh. game finished up? The actual Twitter account <laughs> puts what? up. I'm finding I'm I'm finding this kind of hard to interpret, but did you catch the awkward moment when there was a three man booth and new team owner who's owning it with you know magic and there's a bunch of guys there's a bunch of players involved in in Washington Commanders ownership now post Dan Snyder, but the guy who's sort of leading the charge here, uh, majority stake is is Josh Harris who owns several other organizations as well, and he joined the Monday Night Football booth with Joe Buck. And Troy Aikman, and as Joe's sort of like welcoming him in, but but not really putting his hand out to shake. But I think Josh thought that he was trying to shake his hand. There was the most awkward, like half, almost like fishtail type of of handshake. And so the commander's account takes a four second screenshot of that video and just says "GG at Ravens" with a handshake emoji, meaning "Good game, Ravens." I don't know what the the message here is are they trolling them are they saying that it that it, it was like a half-hearted game are they this is weird i'm gonna have to get some some audience participation for this one because i have no idea what this means <laughs> i am pulling it up right now and while you do let's hear from jahan dotson who is one of the commanders players who was asked post game about this streak yeah, uh, it is really fun, honestly. I was sitting in bed uh, watching ESPN all day, and all you could hear about was this streak, the streak. So I feel like we just had the biggest preseason W in history, honestly. <laughs> but uh, it, it was definitely pretty cool uh, knowing what they had on the line, and we were able to end that. And Cosme guaranteed it, too. Yeah, he did. I, I watched that video. You go on my likes. I liked it. <laughs> I don't understand this handshake good game. At all, I see that Commanders fans think it's funny and awesome. But all I'm feeling is like secondhand embarrassment from this handshake. So I don't know what this is. I don't know what they're trying to say to the Ravens. Let, let's take some let's take some live comments here in terms of okay. what y'all think is going on here with the Commanders account because I think we've explained it to the best of our ability. How do you interpret? <laughs> what that message is from the commander's account i have i have absolutely no idea uh we got folks that De devion rogers says the commanders got owned the whole week of practice i Truth think the Twitter Bearer team had the, too many tonight yeah <laughs> oh my goodness gracious all right well anyway we'll all leave right, it up well. to interpretation um who's the person that took a cheap shot on our darius washington do you remember that? Do we want to visit that at all? Um, yeah. 
I have Here that we go. Note. Commander's offensive lineman Nick Gates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, after that that week of practice where the Ravens got in a couple shots in their own, maybe they wanted to get him back, but that's rough. I'm glad Ardarius Washington got up from that because it was a cheap shot from an offensive lineman. That's a big boy, and Ardarius Washington is is not. You know, he's a fast, speedy corner. Remember, though, Ardarius was sort of the subject and and actually the instigator of one specific play that I remember. I think it was on the, the first day of joint practices where he kind of went a little little after the whistle. So perhaps there was a little bit of, uh, you know, get back on that one. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the, just obviously uncalled for. So just changing topics. The last thing, unless we have any questions here, the last thing. And I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, make a grand statement or anything like that, but I, I've been wanting a little bit more from David Ajabo. Am I the only one? Um, and, and I get that he has, does not have a lot of football under his feet, you know, or under his belt. Um, he, he, but I just have been hearing so many great things out of practice, not quite the Zay Flowers kind of hype but definitely good things. And it just hasn't translated yet to these preseason games. I know he had that sack in the regular season game. So um, I don't know. I've wanted, he's only played like, I think two, two or three series each game. Um, But you kind of want somebody like that. Who's who you're counting on to take the next step, the way you're counting on, you know, like the way likely kind of broke out or the way Zay flowers is kind of doing it. It's like, you just, you kind of want a little bit more. And I still think he can bring it, and I still think he's, you know, going to be great. But it's perhaps we might have to have a little bit more patience than I was anticipating based off of the reports coming coming out of camp. I wanted to share a note from along the lines of of Ajabo there from from Cole Jackson, our guy. He wrote that mm-hmm. the the most glaring thing from his vantage point about David, from a critical perspective, is his lack of functional strength. In any two-hand bull rush or one-arm, uh, long-arm opportunities, he's just not getting any movement. Hopefully, that's a product of of lack of reps or maybe even getting his feet from back underneath him. I know that has nothing to do – well, maybe it has something to do with his planting. Uh, we know that he's coming off the torn Achilles, but probably that has not a ton to do with the Achilles and where he is in his ongoing recovery. So – that's an observation that Cole had that that kind of um, piqued my interest. Definitely something to be watching as he starts to get more and more reps. Because you know, hopefully we're just getting nitpicky because it's been such a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and hopefully you know, come September 10th, he's going to be out there playing. You know, almost every down. Uh, but for right now, yeah, he has left. I think he has left that that up for fair debate. Yeah, or, or just like a note. You know what I mean? I'm just noting it. I just don't want it to to, to sweep it under the rug. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah, because between that, we know the cornerback group is going to be very thin. Um, and so to help combat that you want a pass rush. So that's, that's what we're going to need to see. Now there's other guys to help. Um, Odafe Owe, from what I understand, Odafe Owe had like three or four sacks in one of the commander's practices against their first team. And um, obviously, Jadavian Clowney's in there now. Tyus Bowser, I don't know what John Harbaugh said that he wasn't in jeopardy for for week one, but 
mean, at some point you'd like to see him running or warming up or, or anything. Cause I, I'll be honest. I, to me, I'm starting to question whether he really will be ready for week one. There's still, you know, maybe three weeks or so until then. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if he came back to practice this week, then maybe three weeks would be enough to, to kind of get him get him there. But if he's not back this week, then you're really starting to be concerned. Okay, maybe week one is not in the cards. No, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. Along the, outside, uh, along the lines of outside linebackers, I think, you know, Malik Ham. Probably deserves a shout out. He's been wreaking a little mm -hmm. bit of havoc here and there, making a case for himself. I see some folks in the in the live chat are giving him some due, which which is absolutely uh, deserving. And then Jason Zarotniak, a patron of ours, let's get this question in here before we jump. Uh, do you think that Houston Carson has earned himself a spot on the fifty three at safety? Perhaps, perhaps. I don't. I don't know. At safety, uh, isn't he more of a well? It'd be a corner, if anything, right? Uh, yeah, I don't feel like they're in trouble at safety. Um, it, it is more at corner. Um, I'd have to go back and look. I, there, Houston Carson didn't particularly impress me. Not that he like had any terrible play. You know, it wasn't like there was like a crochet play or something like that that stood out and said, "Hey, he was bad." But. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Wasn't he the one who picked up the fumble and, and started to run it back? I think that was. I think that was him. I kind of. I kind of wanted him to to fight a little bit harder on the run back. Yeah. I. You know what? We. I was just talking with um, Jason from Huddle Up Films. We are going to do a roster prediction thing. I. I feel like there are so many defensive backs on this team now because they've had to just bring in a bunch of guys just to get through training camp. Um, there almost wasn't enough to get through tonight, which is why we saw our Darius Washington again at the end. So I feel like there's just so many that I got to work through it all before I can give, you know, a more substantive answer on whether or not he can make the team. One quick note too, by the way, just clarification, Malik Ham was the one who forced the fumble and then Deandre Houston Carson was the guy who picked it up yeah. and ran back for, for some decent chunk yards there. So, yep. yeah, so we're looking forward to that. I think that was one of our more thorough episodes last summer with Jason from Huddle It Up Films. He does great work. The guy has Excel sheets worth of uh, of roster predictions and uh, projections and, and all kinds of stuff. So certainly looking forward to that. And, of course, we have one more preseason game, one more tune-up before the 2023 regular season kicks off on the 10th. The next preseason game will be Saturday uh, in Tampa against the Buccaneers. As always, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do this month inside the vault. So Bill Justice, Toey Faree, we appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you guys are interested in doing the same out there, you haven't done so already, you want to throw us a few bucks, you want to get more involved with the, the channel, the show, whatever we're doing, Go check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. That link can be found in the show notes below. So with that, two of three down, a Monday night preseason game down that Troy Aikman referred to, as I said off the top, as the best preseason game he's ever been a part of. You can't make this stuff up. It was quite a storyline. I think it captivated more folks maybe even if it was sarcastically uh, around the football world than you would have expected. But uh, I'm just happy that we don't have to continue talking about it selfishly. Well, How about you? you? 
<laughs> I'm just looking at this quote here. Tylen Wallace said that he's relieved that he doesn't have to keep answering questions about it. And he says it was going to happen eventually. So he's relieved. I don't feel any relief or whatever because I had no strong feelings either way. So I just started to get entertained there at the end. Tylen Wallace, man, shout out, shout out. This is a guy who put on a clinic tonight on how to um, win a preseason or a, a roster spot. Just, just absolutely fighting for his life. And you love to see guys like that who come up big when so much is on the line for him. Without question. As always, if you don't want to do so through Patreon, great ways to, to donate and support what we're doing uh, can be done through uh, Venmo. YouTube super chat feature, whatever you guys do. Sometimes we we always like to mention this at the end because some folks reach out and be like, hey, you know, we don't want to do monthly installments or whatever through Patreon, but we still want to help out. Here's a great way to do so. So with that, another instant reaction live stream is in the books. Again, this will obviously take place of Monday's morning vault. Plenty of content coming up this week, including the, the final preseason game, which will take place on Saturday. And with that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett. The Ravens' preseason win streak comes to an end. 29-28 to 28 is your final score. Washington takes care of Baltimore, and now the Ravens have their sights set for one more preseason game until they officially kickstart the 2023 regular season. As always, thanks for hanging with us inside the vault, and we will talk to you soon.